And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hello, Tour Story listeners. Thank you for your continued support, and welcome to Season 4. I'd like to take a second to thank our friends and sponsors over at Isotope. Here at Ruinous, Chris and I rely heavily on easy-to-use tools like RX and Ozone for all of our audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Now, Tour Story listeners can get 10% off Isotope plugins or try Music Production Suite Pro for free for 30 days using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. To get your discount and check out all of their easy-to-use products, go to isotope.com slash ruinous. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com slash ruinous. And use code FRET10. And thank you for listening. Hey, Zach. Hey, Joe. What's going on, man? Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. This is uh, it's going to be fun. Where are you? I'm in Austin, Texas. And and for the listeners, I just went through um, old like an old man meltdown of trying to find uh, outdated uh, technical uh, stuff at my house to try to make this work. So I'm glad I'm actually able to talk to you right now. Yeah. Oh, it always works out. <sighs> Fuck. Not with me. You never know. You never know. My last interview, my service that I use, Squadcast, mm -hmm. wasn't working for the hour. Oh. And I was waiting for Johnny Marr. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, I am not Johnny Marr, so <laughs> we that's that's, that's a, I would have been shitting bricks, I think was the <laughs> I, uh the actual scientific term. Yeah. Yeah. Um so you're down there in Austin. Um how's the vaccination vibe feeling there? A uh, fucking nightmare. 
Uh, <laughs> no, it's in Austin. It's fine. You know, uh, chances are everyone the you know island. is triple vaxxed, you know. Right. But if you go 10 to 20 minutes outside of Austin in any direction, you're in real fucking Texas. And I'm from here. I'm from Texas. Oh, I'm, you are? Yeah. I was born and raised in a town called Sherman, which is about an hour north of Dallas. And it's like a trailer park town. You know, it, it's yeah. real fucking Texas. And so... You do feel the pressure, man. It's like, you know, if you go to any of the neighboring cities just on the weekend just to hang out and stuff, it's, you stick out. You know, if you're wearing yeah. a mask indoors, it's real shit. So it's 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 no joke down here. And, and fortunately, I, I, and unfortunately, I guess I could live in this little bubble, you know, where our community is, is for the most part, pretty vaxxed, which is nice. Right. So is it, um, is it feeling more open and or does it feel too open that's a great question um i feel like austin is just right i feel yeah. like a lot of restaurants have made accommodations to have outdoor seating and things like that uh my wife and i still don't go indoors to eat you know but so it, it, it feels proper although yeah. they they can't enforce a mask mandate at businesses in austin because i mean in texas because of our fucking i don't want to make this political but our shitty person in charge greg abbott who's just a yeah. monster and trying to kill everybody um yeah so like let's say my favorite coffee shop at the end of my street they're all great uh let's just say uh we share the same beliefs right. <laughs> you know yeah. uh and they can't you know there'll be people in line waiting and i'm you know maybe three people with masks and then there's you know and there's nothing they can say to them they yeah. can just put a thing on the door like, we would like you to wear masks, you know, and then what the fuck can they do after that? Um, but we have a like a, a little getaway place in New Braunfels, which is about 45 minutes south of here. And it's real Texas. And you forget. Yeah. And I was there just a few weeks ago and there was a fucking Trump rally in the middle of town. Holy fuck. I mean, seriously, like you would have thought it was, you know, 2020 uh, uh, holding the signs and just the whole shit. It was crazy. You know, it is not over. It's not this over. This shit is not over. It's not over. Thankfully, yeah. and you know, our industry, you and I, has all but repaired, and they seem to be taking precautions. I know there's a lot of places where there's vax cards, there's mask mandates, there's negative tests. I know a lot of the festivals that we've been doing, and I imagine yours as well. That's feeling good because nobody wants to. I I was listening to your one with um, oh, I believe it was with Sean Reese and mm -hmm. um. You know, I don't think there is going to be a, a sh there's the, the genie's out of the bottle. They can't, sh I don't think there's going to be another shutdown, even with this new variant or whatever it might be. And I think to show everyone that they are taking it real seriously, the powers that be in our industry are, are, are taking it seriously, you know. So that's at least, uh, that's a good thing to see. Yeah. And Rise Against did do some touring, right? We did a long one. We went out toward the end of July until September's with, uh, we had the Descendants with us, which was just a dream come true, and it was amazing. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Descendants every night? Every night. Oh it was an, it was your favorite band just playing. And their drummer, Bill, is our producer. He produces our records. He always has. Right. And I have a long story, like history with him. I was in a band called Hackfish that recorded with them in 95. And, you know, it's just, yeah. it's always been. But anyway, that was at like Delta was just getting talked about as that tour started. And then it just started taking over as the tour was going on. So we were out during it and we landed the plane, you know, we just, we, we stayed safe. 
We yeah. were kind of boring, married, middle-aged men, so we would just go to our bunks and watch Netflix at the end of the night. You know right. I mean? Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, you know, you were seeing stuff in the news that there was a lot of people going home from tours, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And how did it feel different? You know, I toured also. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, for us, it was the things that you don't think about where, you know, if you want to leave the venue and go have right. dinner, like it's it's just kind of these knee jerk reactions. Like after soundcheck, it's like, let's go uh, eat early dinner. It's like, oh, yeah, I can't right. let's go on the bus. Right. Sit in the venue. Um, mm -hmm. And it, that's the thing that felt overall different. You know, it was these things you never think about. Right. One week into it, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm on tour. And then you forget that the world is a little bit different this time around. How was it? Did you have any of those kind of realizations or feelings? I did and I didn't. You know, there was also that thing, too, of like, I remember thinking like, oh, shit, it's just business as usual you know i mean we went out and sold out crowd no distancing you'd see some masks mm -hmm. but there was you know fortunately a lot of the shows were outside they were like sheds or whatever so not a lot of masks you know yeah. and and there was that too so then you you kind of get the feeling like oh it's everything's normal and everything's fine and it's like well no it's not but yeah um I will say that, you know, that was the longest period of time I was home for my entire adult life, you know, so I quit high school to do this shit. And so, and I think you as well, it's like, there was a certain part of me that was uh, just not there, you know, and I was having the weirdest uh, COVID dreams of like the detailed minutia of touring, not even playing shows, but just like trying to find a place to eat in Adelaide, Australia or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. You're like yeah. walking down the streets and reading these weird signs and shit and try to get <laughs> to know the lay of the land or a lobby call. You know, you're talking to your road manager and it's like, you know, whatever. It just, yeah. he's handing you the key to your room that I was having real vivid dreams about shit like that. So being able to go back out and do it was just, it, it also gives me like, cause for alarm a bit because I realized that I'm not really a complete adult without <laughs> yeah. it. Like, who the fuck am I? What do I do? It's like, not, <laughs> you, you're no one. You don't do anything except that. And um, so being able to go back and do it was so affirming. And, and, you know, it's like everybody has their thing. And you don't think of something like that taking you and I's thing completely away. Because if you're a gym rat, you still got to work out. Or if you're right. a runner or a hiker or a chef, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, like some restaurants close, but people could still, you and I could not fucking do really any aspect of what we love to do except play by ourselves. Right. And, and that is not playing no. music to me. Yeah. It, it, that doesn't scratch the surface. You know, it's such a communal thing. It's how I communicate with like my best friends or the people like, you know, we get in a room together and we play dumb riffs. Like, dude, I got this thing. Check it out. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's everything that's been happened since we were children, you know? Um, so not being able to do that was, was fucking crazy. And then our singer and I just did a duo, uh, run of shows in England. We just did three. Oh. Yeah. It was like three shows in a row. They were like promo. Basically they were over glorified in stores cause they were actually at venues and just being able to be in another country, you oh, know, yeah. and, you know what I mean? So I will say I was overwhelmed and overjoyed to be able to go back at it. But you're right. It's like you kind of let your eye off the ball. At least I did a bit because it's like it's all back, you know, and then you read that like whoever had to go home because one of their guys tested positive. It was like, oh, yeah. shit. All right. You know, 
Yeah, we had a couple hiccups and had to go home for a week. A oh, okay. Times. Our tour was uh, roughly eight weeks, and with our band and crew and their band and crew, there was about 80 people, and someone tested positive, and we went home. I'm the world's most positive person, and I was like everybody's sort of COVID whisperer the whole time. Like, it's going to be fine. There's mm -hmm. been pandemics before. There just hasn't been in our lifetime. We'll get through it, you know, and all that stuff. But there's times you're just, even that, you're just like, oh, shit, I hope this fucking works out, you know. You know, some musicians, band people I've talked to over this involuntary break had some sort of solace, like a break, you know, have a little space to view their world and their lives. Yeah. And um, the other half of people I talked to were like, I was a fucking nervous wreck the whole time. I'm on that side of things. Yeah. Um, maybe not a nervous wreck, but, you know, anxious and... um how did you deal with it over the the two years? I mean, I miraculously kept a pretty level head about it. I had friends that thought this was how life was going to be for the forever. Mm -hmm. You know, the people that that suffer anxiety and people who the sky is falling always anyway. So when the sky actually kind of is falling, mm -hmm. it's uh, you you see, I told right. you, you know, this was gonna happen. I have a lot of people in my life that were that were dealing with it that way. So I found I, I had to, and again, I'm sort of a cheerleader by nature and a positive person. So I, I found myself doing that in overtime. It was exhausting, to be honest with you. But I somehow kept it like, you know, yes, this we haven't dealt with this in our lifetime, but other people have. You know, your grandparents dealt with this, you know, in 1918 or whatever. Uh, and we'll get through it. And I somehow was able to keep that through line i never That's gave great. up i guess is what i'm saying yeah um and even though it was much worse i did remember being on tour and and being in a band during 9 11 and how much the needle skipped you know as a culture across the world just from that one event and it, of course it repaired a lot quicker but i was pulled off the road i'm sure you were too clubs yeah. weren't you know and then how much the repercussions of that you know we still take off our shoes at the airport and you know you have to go through metal detectors and stuff so i knew this this was not to be taken lightly. I wasn't sort of flippantly blowing it off. Um, but I did realize, I think that, I mean, I was doing research on the Spanish flu, you know, like, yeah. okay, it took about, right? yeah, yeah. I was like, it took about two and a half years and then we have modern technology. Hopefully it won't take that long. And, and it ended up being about a year and a half, you know. Um, but, you know, even back then there was mask mandates, there was protests, there was, you know, the whole shit. There was vaccine mandates, what they had one. Um, it's the same. It's the exact same thing. It's crazy. Yeah. And Boardwalk Empire was, I think that was right after the pandemic. Is I think right? it was. Yeah. I think it was. And they might have referred to it a few times on there. They did. It's subtle. Yeah. Well, do you have any touring planned in 22? Yes, um, quite a bit, actually, uh, kind of like the whole year, which I'm sure you probably do this. Well. I mean, we put out a record during it. So this is the catch up. And, you know, normally, since we're in the middle of a tour cycle, we would be out right now. But right. the way things, you know, and you kind of bottleneck, too, you know, I mean, I agree. Yeah. yeah, every band in the fucking world has been waiting to tour for two years. So it's like everyone's out. So. It was really hard to kind of consecutively book things like we normally do. Um, but all of that, it doesn't mean that that went away. It just means like it's getting pushed, you know, so it's all happening next year. So next year is kind of like from sort of April on, it's pretty gone. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Well, I forget, but we have a few shows in the spring, and then it's starting up late summer. It sounds like Master Tour will tell me everything. Man, who, whoever <laughs> invented Master Tour should be awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. I mean. For those of you that are listening, a master tour is, a, is an app provided for musicians and, and crew members and people that are involved with the touring life that basically all the information is in there and it updates and it's it's current. It just makes your touring life so much easier. And it's uh, I mean, it's from it's from the gods, whatever, whoever the gods may be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, until we can use uh, master tour again, I want to play the people a tune, please. I want to play Fortunate Son. How do you feel about that? I think that's a fucking great choice. You know, we got a tweet from John Fogarty himself. You did? Yeah. And he he tweeted, he retweeted, like we did a video of it, and like a live thing. And he retweeted, like, sounds great with a bunch of thumbs up and a fire emoji and stuff, which I think it's great that we got a man in his, you know, pushing 80 to do a fire emoji. Um, Yeah, that's that's, incredible. Yeah, no, it it was pretty amazing. Yeah, let's hear it. great thank you i love that tune thank you we used to do it it's odd we used to do it like the verses would be way more sort of like fast you know like mid-tempo fast punk kind of hardcore and then we did like a breakdown at the end like a halftime you know like a like punch the floor hardcore breakdown oh man yeah you know whatever uh and then then we just started kind of playing it straight up like that um but it's always fun we do the old rise against uh, we'll we we'll pull out a bunch of different covers. I think we could do the entire Minor Threat songbook, um, Bad Religion. You know, just whatever. All right. Yeah, you know, whatever old punk band. You know, because we're old punk guys ourselves. So. Yeah, um, I have a little anecdote about punk bands covering that song, which is 
I thought that was a Circle Jerk song when I listened to it over and over again when I was 11. No shit. Because they cover it on Golden Shower of Hits. They sure do. And I think I think Mission Accomplished by the Circle Jerks, you know? I And I fucking loved it. And I just, great. I just didn't know. I didn't put it together. If you could successfully co-opt another band's very good song, then I think you did your, your, your part. Yeah. And speaking of that, well, older bands... And this could be its own podcast, and I don't want to diverge too much, but have you watched the Let It Be documentary series yet? Not yet. Or the Get Back. Get Back, yeah. sorry. Uh, holy, are you a Beatles fan, of course? Yeah. I mean, okay. it's just kind of resting in my conscious where I can be totally focused and mm -hmm. just dive into it. Cause I've it's heard... a lot. Every episode is like two and a half hours, and there's three episodes. So it's a lot. Man, as a fellow musician, it is like you showed up at practice with the Beatles and Paul McCartney is fucking around and just writes Get Back. I mean, he just starts going, doom, 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 and he's like, and he starts muttering like, da, da, ba, da, ba, ba. it's fucking insane. And they wow. do that with Ringo brings in Octopus's Garden. He has two verses and that's it. You know, just shit like that. And them just kind of, kind of, like there's uncomfortable moments. You're like, ooh, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be watching that. Right. You know how you have those, your guys will get into some shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? You kind of yeah. put the drumsticks down. And you're like, I'm going like, to go talk. Yeah, I'm going to take a piss right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that, but you can't go take a piss. You know what I mean? Wow. Uh, it is fucking, um, I, I, I can't stop talking about it. And I would turn this entire podcast into it. Um, the reason I ask is, you know, I've run into people that aren't Beatles fans and I, I, I don't know how that's possible if you I do what either. we do. I don't know how you can't be a Beatle. Anyway, teach their own. But um, please watch it. Please. You got to. It's amazing. I, I'm going to. I'm hopefully I'm playing a show this weekend, and I'm getting home early Sunday, and I'm planning on watching it Sunday afternoon. Well, it's easy for the childless fucking, uh, you know, a caveman to say, yeah, watch something that's nine hours long, you know, whatever. <laughs> I get that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's an, it's an investment and an endeavor, but it's, it's rewarding to say the least. I'm going to give it a whirl with my seven-year-old. I'm sure he'll You should. Last. You should. He'll probably be into it. it. It is. I did watch a little clip and it, as you are saying, it's the way it's shot. It's yeah. magnificent. It's Fly like on you the were wall. so close to them. And you realize, like, this footage has just been sitting somewhere. Yeah. That's what's crazy about it. They're writing the most iconic songs of our generation. They're writing them. You see the seed in his head, and it just comes out. And that footage has just been sitting there for... I mean, what if we had the footage of, of Beethoven writing his most storied work right. or whatever? You know what I mean? And that's, that's what's amazing about it. And yeah. you get this... It's like full-body chills and everything. Because you're like, oh, shit, I just watched let it be get written or get back or you know all things must pass like he's just coming all of them are just coming up with it's crazy yeah it's yeah crazy. that's great it, it's absolutely nuts yeah yeah and i can't wait to watch it yeah you're gonna be stoked anyway okay so fortunate son back to that that is on a new ep expanded play yeah so during covid we tested and masked up and did the whole thing and went out and actually got together and just recorded some new songs and some old songs and we shot some content we just did it all in one fell swoop because you know mm -hmm. we didn't want to be risking ourselves and everybody else uh to try to get together 
And so we did that and we were like, oh, let's, we were, you know, we were in the room together and you know how you are when you're in a room and you're just like, let's see if we remember Fortunate Son because it's one of the covers we knew, you know, we know how to play. And that just came out. And uh, yeah, I'm really glad we did it. Is it live? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. the whole EP live? It is. Yeah, yeah it is. Okay. It's just awesome. Like, what, it's like a makeshift, like a photo studio. It wasn't even a studio. Oh. It wasn't even a studio space. It was like not the most optimal. True Rise Against Fashion. It was like wasn't the most optimum recording space. It wasn't even like soundproofing anywhere. Our band's pretty ramshackle sometimes. We're just like, fuck it, you know. And the kind of the, I guess the true punk rock spirit. We just, yeah. We didn't have like a, you know, not that you need one, but it's pretty privileged guy thing to say but like we now have a guitar tech we now you know we're just using pedal tuners and, just, and then yeah. we record this thing that goes out for you know prosperity you know well the spirit is definitely captured in the in the record i think it sounds great thank you so much and, and it's, it's lively it's not just live sounding yeah cool. yeah it sounds like i mean fuck there's probably no way to make it not sound like four guys who are so happy to be in a <laughs> yeah. room together yeah and you know because at that point it was like at that point, I, you know, you didn't think you were going to do it again. You didn't know it. Well, I was trying to be positive. I didn't know when we were going to do it again, you know. Yeah. So. Have you been listening to any uh, new tunes lately? Anything you can't stop listening to? I've been on a fucking Beatles kick, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Man, that new Turnstile record, so good. I don't mm. know if you've heard that yet. Younger band, kind of, uh, I want to say hardcore, but not. I mean, definitely rooted in hardcore, definitely influenced by all the great bands. Um, there's a band called Fake Names. Uh, it's my friend uh, Brian Baker from Minor Threat and from Bad Religion. He has a band with Dennis Lixon from uh, Refused. Oh, Fake, really? Yeah, called Fake Names. And it's, it's uh, they just put on an EP and it's it's really good. But let's see what I've saved lately. I saved an Aldo Nova song. <laughs> oh, which one? <laughs> oh, f Fantasy? Yeah, life life is just a fantasy. That's I mean, why not? Song. You know, I got on a YouTube kick. Oh, the new Quicksand is great. Walter oh, Schreifels. Right. In my personal opinion, I think Walter Schreifels is the Paul McCartney of hardcore music, uh, and it's just great. The new Dark Throne, black metal. Uh, yeah, I'm sort of a metalhead. I'll freely admit, and you know, I I was in Guar for a, a stint. I did play in Guar. So, did you guys ever refer to each other as Guariers? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm okay. on a, a few Guar records. I, I was in Guar from 98 till 2002. So, And then I went back and wrote and recorded a record they did. Uh, the guitar player that I had replaced died. And mm -hmm. so I was in Rise Against, and they were auditioning guitar players. And so they wanted to keep going. And since I had been like a writer during my stint with them, I went yeah. back and wrote and recorded uh, half of a record. And then they got a guy. And then their singer, Dave Brocky, he died while they were touring that record, which is awful. But I got to play right. with him on his last record. So, yeah, it's a weird. Wow. It's I have a weird career. Yeah. I yeah. mean, who's, whoever can say they've been in Guar, that's that's a unique experience. I mean, there's the so least. many times I'm like, yeah, I'm in Rise Again. So people are like, oh, hmm. they go, well, I was in Guar, too. And I'm like, holy shit, you were in Guar? You know, so it's like a party trick or something. You know? Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to let you go, but I got one more question for you. Yeah, what you got? What are you looking forward to in the next year? I'm really looking forward to, to doing this, to still doing yeah. this. I still love this so much. I'm still so happy that I get to do this. I don't take it for granted at all. I still, you know, when I'm home, I play with the band at home, and I still lug my own gear and go and play to 10 people, you know? I, 
I don't just do it because it's my career and I and I play big shows and whatever. I, I do it because I have to. And that this pandemic taught me that, you know, I, I knew mm-hmm. I but it definitely put a, a, a tip to the spear, you know, like, wow, this is who you are. This is what you do. My body just does it, you know, yeah. without even my mind being involved. I so I am I'm looking forward. I'm looking at a busy year next year and I can't say how sort of overwhelmingly rewarding that feels, you know, having it taken right. away, I think definitely it was, I, I hate to put a positive spin on anything. So many people had such awful as, as a society, we had an awful bout with it, but if anything, it definitely made me appreciate the things that maybe, maybe I was taking for granted to a certain right. extent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait, I didn't even tell a tour story. I can tell you a very quick one. Yeah. I've told. I'd love one. Um, and since we're at the end, I'll just give you the cliff notes. At one point, Dave Brocky and Guar, uh, he imitated the Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator for six weeks straight. And he didn't break character. And he wore a leather jacket and leather pants and co- and like biker boots and sunglasses. And he cut his hair and, and a flat top. And then he would break character to be Odorous Urungus on stage. But as soon as that mask came off, he was the Terminator again. To the point of where... I wanted to catch him and I I threw his bunk curtain back and he was in his bunk with the sunglasses on laying completely flat and his head just kind of like turned to me like a robot and then no just yeah yeah way. and then I just shut the curtain yeah I That's mean drugs incredible. you know drugs but yeah there yeah. was that yeah god that gives me a lot to think about. Yeah. I mean, it did to me, too, because I was in my 20s at that point. It blew my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? You know? Yeah. Well, thanks for that. That's a nice bonus story. You betcha, buddy. You betcha. Um, well, if you um, live near Tim Kerr, you see him. I love Tim Kerr, and I have a large collection of Tim's art in my house. I, ha- I do, too. It's the best. And I have a lot, large collection of his guitar playing in my head. Yeah, as we all do. He's such a, what a fucking amazing person that guy is. Yes. And just what a, like, sage and a prophet and, a, you yes. know, and wise. And I just love that guy so much. And he's he gives you hugs, you I know. know. I know. Yeah, I, I love him. I know, man. I need <laughs> to go see him and Beth. I haven't seen them in a while. I need to go over there. But uh, I will tell him you said hi. Please do. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Thanks again. Good Thank to talk to you. Thank you so much you. for having me, Joe. I'm so flattered that you, that you asked and uh fan of this podcast. And yeah, it's great. Thanks. Travel yeah, safe. Thanks. Bye. We are the nowhere generation. We are the kids that no one wants. We are a credible threat to the rules you set. A cause to be alarmed. We are not the names that we've been given. We speak a language you don't know. We are the nowhere generation, the nowhere generation. Oh, oh, oh. One day, all the walls will come down, all the doors will open, all the roads will
We are incredible threat to the rules you set, a cause to be loved. We are not the names that. 